I was in I was in New York, went out with a friend of mine to a restaurant, was standing at the bar. And this woman was about two chairs over. And I just got an image of a photograph of a young man, very clearly like it was like a face shot, very handsome. And I knew it was her son and that he had passed on in a motorcycle accident and that this was his birthday. And she was just really feeling it and went out to kind of, you know, I guess just get out and remember and feel at peace. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, There's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hi, so I'm so excited. I'm speaking with psychic medium or medium intuitive, Lynn Miller. She will introduce herself better than I just did. So go ahead, Lynn. Hi, everybody. Uh, My name is Lynn Miller. I'm an intuitive medium and I've been practicing professionally. Wow, it's been 30 years. So there you go. So you really know what you're doing. No doubt there. So how did you even realize you had these abilities? Well, it was a long process. I mean, as a very young child, I started experiencing some kind of psychic phenomena. Uh, I would have dreams and the next day they would play out exactly as, as I dreamt them. So being so young, I just didn't know what to think of it. I wasn't sure did everybody have this so it, for me, it was a really long process. It wasn't until my late teens, early 20s that I sort of understood it and embraced it. I had a near-death experience at 20, and that, that sort of propelled me more into mediumship. If you're comfortable talking about it, what happened with your near-death experience? Yeah, I almost drowned. So I was 20 years old and I flatlined. It's my understanding it was a couple of minutes. So I definitely it's it's very similar to what you read about experiencing the other side. Um, And it was the most incredible, beautiful place of love, of peace. Uh, And I just remember not wanting to go back, but. You know, there was this message like it's not your time. You have to go back. So after that, all of a sudden I would be standing next to people and get images, names, dates of somebody that had passed on. So it was mind blowing. (laughs) And you hadn't gotten that before your near death experience. Not really. I mean, I had seen spirits as a young child. I did have one instance where I knew a neighbor of mine would pass on, but it wasn't 
specifically, you know, the mediumship. It wasn't as in depth until after my near death. How did this even process for you? Were you completely confused? What would the process be like? Like you'd hear in their head, hi, I'm so-and-so's grandpa. Well, I mean, I had to learn like every medium receives messages in different ways. So like I said, it was a huge learning process. But for me, yeah, I would get I would be standing next to somebody and get an image. So kind of like clairvoyance. I would see a picture of what that person looked like. Sometimes I would hear their voice or what they sounded like. So I was tapping into clairaudience. And then sometimes just a knowing, like I know this person passed on such and such a date. So, you know, needless to say, in my 20s, I really didn't tell anybody except my friends. My friends knew I did this, but I was perplexed. It freaked me out. I mean, I just it, it was just mind blowing. Yeah. How did your friends respond to this when you told them? My friends were so open and they always wanted readings. Um, And I'm very good with the psychic aspect as well. So that's been one of my fortes, kind of seeing the future with very specific names and dates. So my friends would come to me for readings and I always gave them readings. They would always come back with feedback like, oh, my God, that happened. I can't believe it, you know. So there you go. First, I wouldn't mind backing up. If you're comfortable talking about it, we'll stop if you're not. But about the near-death experience, did you see loved ones? At that point in my life, I hadn't really had anyone close to me pass over. I did see, however, people on the other side that I felt like I knew But I didn't know them in this incarnation, but it was a very loving group of people, very welcoming. Um, A lot of them were older and I could just tell they were very wise. The only way to explain it is I knew I knew them. I felt very comfortable, but I wouldn't know them here. Sometimes you'll even meet someone here and you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I've known them my whole life. You know, but you can't explain it. It's like a comfort sometimes inexplicably. Absolutely. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Did it feel different than being a person and in your body? Did it did you feel sensations? The best way to describe it is euphoria, a lighter sense Like the body was not as constricted. There was really communication was not through speaking. It was just a knowing and looking at somebody. And then you would kind of hear it internally, kind of like how a medium works, you know, which is really interesting. Everything's lighter, just sense of peace, complete love. Everything was more vibrant, like colors, sounds, and you sort of had a sense that time did not exist or there was a different time sort of, I don't know, different time frames. Are you able to explain that about time or is it inexplicable? Um. It's kind of, I mean, I've pondered this for 30 years, trying to figure it out. All I can say about that is, is like time doesn't exist over there like it exists here. Things move more quickly. That's honestly, it still perplexes me. (laughs) It's pretty incomprehensible to us here. And then you didn't want to come back. Were you given a choice to come back or not? I know some people are. No, I, I definitely was not given a choice. The overwhelming feeling, it was an overwhelming feeling of wanting to stay. But I was told clearly, like, it's not your time. 
And then I sort of transported. It was like being sucked into a vacuum back into my body. And then you came back. I'm sure there was a lot of processing of that. You always had dreams that predicted the future as a kid. And then suddenly you'd be standing by somebody and know things. Do you remember the first time that happened? I do. I was in I was in New York, went out with a friend of mine to a restaurant, was standing at the bar. And this woman was about two chairs over And I just got an image of a photograph of a young man, very clearly like it was like a face shot, very handsome. And I knew it was her son and that he had passed on in a motorcycle accident and that this was his birthday. And she was just really feeling it and went out to kind of you know, I guess just get out and remember and feel at peace. And I told my friend this and she said, you need to say something. And, you know, I struggled with that because, you know, I find that can be invasive if somebody doesn't ask for it. But I guess in my 20s at that point, I was just so curious to see if this was real or what was going on. So I sat next to her and just casually we started talking. I figured that was the best way to approach it. I'm not just going to walk up to her and be like, hey, (laughs) by the way. So we started chatting and I was like a little bit into the conversation. I said, hey, I just wanted to let you know I'm intuitive and I sort of I had this image of a young man and and a motorcycle. Does that, you know, make any sense to you? And she literally started crying and she's like, yeah, that was my son, Chris. He had a motorcycle accident, died two years ago and just blown away. And, you know, there was just messages of love coming through. I have to say I was freaked out. She was freaked out. I was trying not to show it on my face. So I left that experience and told my friend, my friend was freaking out, you know, but that was the first time after my near death that happened. (laughs) I mean, that probably meant the world to her, even if it was intense, you know, I mean, that's so evidential. I would love someone to just know about my dad like that randomly. I think it would it mean so much, but I'm sure people are shocked. I've also spent the past five years studying this stuff. I'm sure if like you haven't, I, I I'm sure it's very different for everybody. Yeah. You also mentioned, I'm backing up a little bit that when you were a child, you'd have dreams that came true. Is there an example of one that you can share? Oh, wow. Yeah. The first time My first psychic experience, I remember vividly, I was about four or five years old. I think I was closer to four. I had a dream that our house was going to burn down. I woke up, told my mother, mom, I had a dream. Our house caught on fire. It's going to burn down. And she's like, no, honey, that's just a nightmare. Not going to happen. The next night I woke up at about it was about two, three in the morning to smoke and our house was burning down. So managed to go to my brother's room, get him up, go to my mother's room. We all got out safely. But that was my first psychic experience. What did your mom say to that? I remember her kind of downplaying it, actually. So I don't know if it scared her. I I came to find out many years later, my mother was very intuitive as well. So I think she had a lot of fear around it. But I don't remember her ever really making a big deal about it. And It happened a few times from age four to 10 and directly experiences with my mother. So like another time I was about seven 
And this wasn't a dream. This was the first time it actually happened in real time. I, my mother was driving. I was in the back seat and I just heard a word hydroplaning. And I said, mom, we're going to hydroplane. And she was like, what? She looked in the rear view mirror and it was about a minute later, our car skidded off the side of the road. I didn't know what the hell this meant. Like, you know, that was when the Claire audience started happening. And I would just sort of hear words or phrases that were way above my vocabulary. Yeah, I don't think I would have heard of that word at seven. <laughs> That's amazing. And so then you had this through your childhood. Your mother understood or but didn't make a deal of it. Then at 20, everything like went to the next level after your near death experience. Yeah. And when did you decide was this? I mean, 20 is still pretty young. Like you haven't started your career yet for the most part. Did, did you this become your career immediately? Did you do other things first? No, I was working as a makeup artist in New York. And I would say I was about 23. I was in between jobs. And one of my friends that I constantly gave readings to came to me and said, I referred you to so-and-so. They're going to call you your $200 an hour. You're going to do this reading. And I was like, whoa. And I said, okay, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So I, I remember being very nervous. It was my first kind of, I guess, official reading. I gave the reading to the client. They wrote everything down. And about a week later, they called me and they're like, oh, my God, this already happened. This already happened. And they referred three people to me. Those three people each referred somebody. I mean, it just started snowballing to the point that I was like, wow. So that became what I was mainly doing. And I kind of never looked back. <laughs> I can imagine. I think if I had those abilities, it would just be so I'd want to do it if I could. <laughs> uh, have you ever had a person who comes in and you're just getting nothing from them? Um, I generally can pick up a lot of times. Yeah, that has happened where they don't want to communicate or they're just more distant. Uh, so, yes, that definitely has happened. And a lot of times when somebody that has passed on from something very tragic, that will be the case. And I don't know why. Sometimes I think my spirit guides are like protecting me or the person I'm reading isn't ready to receive certain information. Uh, not. Yeah, I don't know 100 percent why, but yes, that has happened. I sometimes wonder if there are mediums on the other side who help those who've passed away communicate or if there is some on the other side who are really good at communicating with mediums or sending signs to their loved ones and some that are just not good at it. Just the same as here. There are people with all sorts of varying abilities. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. I've often thought, you know, and I kind of call them spirit guides. You know, that's what I consider spirit guides to be. They kind of step in and intermediate, you know, whatever, whatever communication is going on. Now, do you have your own spirit guides that always help you with readings or does each person's who you're reading, do, you, do they have their spirit guides that come in during readings and help? Both, both. And I can usually tell if it's mine or it's somebody new. It's like meeting people here on Earth. Like, you know, when you meet somebody new and people you've been around, you learn how they kind of communicate on the other side. So I've got one spirit guide that's kind of mischievous and very direct and blunt. So I have to be careful when I deliver my readings not to do it verbatim. <laughs>
Oh my God. If you do one with me with a spirit guide, do a verbatim. I probably would find it fun. But yeah, <laughs> probably clients, uh, you know, also deep grief. You probably want something gentle, early grief. What does giving a reading feel like to you? Like, let's say you were giving me a reading. Would you see my dad sitting next to you, just talking to you, saying, I remember this time with Liz? Like, how is it when you're communicating with someone who's passed away? I, I definitely get a lot of clairvoyance. So I definitely see a lot of images. It's not like they're sitting right next. Sometimes they'll come like I'll get an image of the person I'm reading and I'll see them with like together. But usually they show me places they've been. So I'll get images of locations Um, images of things they used to do together, like activities, events. So I flip between a lot of clairvoyance and a lot of clairaudience. I'll hear them. I'll hear their mannerisms, uh, what their voice sounded like, their accents. And it's funny because I've given readings to people that speak other languages that I've never spoken and I will get information in their language. You'll be hearing words that you have no idea what they mean, and you'll say them to the person. Is, is that how it is? Absolutely, yeah. Like I, when I was married, I, um, I had a dream, and my ex is Persian. I had a dream of an older man that came to me and said, half set noon panj. I had no idea what this meant. I woke up, asked my husband at the time, like, hey, what does that mean? And he's like, seven or five. What was it? Wait, half set noon pan. Seven, 19, 2005 or 05. And he's like, well, maybe that's the lottery numbers, you know? Hey, great. Let's hope. It sounds like my grandfather had no idea. And then my second son was born and that was his birthday. So that was probably like your husband's grandparent or something. Yeah. So things will come in different languages. So whatever, you know, the person spoke here, they're speaking over there, you know, it's they. so sometimes translation doing a reading for somebody that's, you know, it's, it's difficult. <laughs> that's pretty evidential though. I think if I ever got a medium reading with someone who didn't speak English and they started saying stuff in English, I, that they couldn't know what it meant. I'd be pretty blown away. <laughs> Does it feel really different for you? You said you also get psychic information Now, I don't know if in case some of our listeners don't know this, like mediumship is when you're connecting to someone who's passed away and psychic is when you're getting information about the person, like the future. Do you experience getting those information differently? No. And this is where I might differ from some other things you've heard. I I like to focus my readings a lot on future events and future paths. And I kind of look at it like a mishmash, like I, where does this information come from? And I find a lot of times when I'm in my psychic kind of zone, I'm still receiving messages from the other side. And a lot of times these messages come from loved ones. Like I'll be, you know, saying I'm, I'm seeing this event in the future, this name, by the way, grandma Jean just came in and said this, this, and this. So for me, it's like kind of a mixture. Um, I can kind of flip back and forth between the two. Okay. So it kind of all feels the same. And you think a lot of the future is being told by their loved ones rather than you downloading it in some way that I can't even begin to understand. Yeah. It's either sometimes it's their loved ones or I just call them my spirit guides, whatever that connecting force is that, you know, psychics and mediums have is it's like a line we're connected to something and getting information. So it's just like downloading like the cloud. 
Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so you get so much on future then. And I always wonder if psychic mediums can read the future. Do we have control over changing the future? Is it written in stone? I think there are so many different paths we can take. And when I do the psychic work, like there's different vibrational levels. So based on our choices in the present, it's going to dictate the future or the outcome. So that's why when I work with clients, if I feel they're on a lower vibration, they're not making the best choices, I can sort of read what's coming around them on that vibration. But alternately, I can read another path, which I like to always focus on, which I call the highest vibration or the highest path. So absolutely, our future can change in the blink of an eye. You know, what I see for someone can change in three months. You know, it's all happening so quickly. So to answer that, yeah, I think there are so many different outcomes. I think the people you're supposed to meet, however, will come into play no matter what. And then I go back to a time thing. I think on different paths, we move the timeline. But I think ultimately there are certain people that will definitely come into our lives no matter what path or timeline you're on. I I question the whole death thing. That's something I've struggled with. Like, is that a definite time? I'm not sure on that. Meaning, do we have any control at all when we die versus not? Ready to embody that next level calm and confidence? It's time to activate that part of your subconscious. Get the self-paced 11-minute-a-day program by me, author of Confidence Introvert and Certified Subconscious Reprogrammer. Go to stephanietoma.com slash confidence boost. Use code WTF50 for $50 off. Inspired by David Justice, who died after a nearly two-year battle with glioblastoma, JET, Joyful Experience Team, was founded by his son Oliver Justus and his best friends, River Attard, Leo Gerstein, Jack Gorenstein, and Felix Ward. JET seeks to create joyful experiences for families struggling with brain cancer, a chance to enhance their lives with experiences that are rich in love and will be treasured for all time. We believe, like David did, that life should not be measured in time, but in joyful moments. JET will allow families coping with this painful diagnosis to go to special events and be treated like VIPs. Go to makingheadway.org forward slash JET for a complete list of programs and activities. Exactly. That's that's something I've struggled with and and wish I had the answer for, because I think there's many opportunities for us to pass over if we're not making the right choices. And I don't think death is a definite time. I That's the best I can say about that. I, it's not something that I've been given the information on. Do you ever get information on death? Like you might get something like, if you keep living this destructively, you will pass away in three years of whatever way, or you'll live another 20 years and you have the choice if you take care of yourself in X, Y, Z. Exactly. You just explained it perfectly. Um, based on the person's actions, what, how they're living, you know, and that can be shifted and that can be changed and expand the lifeline. Yes. So it almost sounds like our choices aren't limitless, but we might have, say, I mean, who knows, numbers and quantity is probably so different over there, but it might be like you could pass away at 22 
in an accident or at 28 in an overdose or at 40 of cancer or at 90 of a heart attack. Those are your choices at that time and your behaviors will affect that. But you will never be somebody who passes away from COVID, for example, like that's not in your plan. Would it be something kind of like that? Yeah, I I've heard a theory before and I tend to agree with it. I think you know, there's many incarnations. And I think before we're born, we have an agreement. We make certain agreements to karmically, like what we did not resolve in a past life needs to be resolved. And I think we make agreements as to maybe timelines and dates of certain events And the obstacles will be presented to us. And it's our job to either overcome them or relive the karma. And what makes you think this? Where are you getting that? Um, I got that. I downloaded that from some of my spirit guides in asking that. And it was just a sense that I got from my near-death experience. Kind of like when they said, it's not your time. I felt like, yeah, there's certain things we don't have choices over that are just sort of dictated to us. So then, because you've also had near-death experience, I know a lot of people who've come back here say they were given a choice to come back. And then there's a lot of grieving people who are like, well, why did my person not choose to come back? So they very likely might not have had the choice that even if they were young, they might have said you that this is your time. You can't come back. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, hopefully if anyone's there wondering why did my person choose to not come back? I know when I started reading a lot about near death experiences, I was like, wait, what the fuck? Why did could my dad have had a choice? And he's like, ah, screw my daughter. Like, I like it better there. I'll I'll make her, you know, (laughs) so she can cope. And so I was so upset when I was wondering if he could have had the choice, but very likely, you know, we don't know for sure because they haven't come back to tell us, but very likely people had no choice when they have, when they pass away, the way we hear of near-death experiencers having a choice. So what is, if you're able to share, what is one of the craziest predictions you've made recently that did end up coming true either in a reading if or just anything that pops into your mind that you're like I can't believe that turned out to be true there's so many I mean a specific reading that sticks out to me I it was a number of years ago it was actually for a television project I was working on we went to a house where this woman was murdered And, you know, as TV goes, we we did a reading and then they're like, okay, that's a wrap. And I just felt so horribly the family was kind of left hanging. You know, it was very quick. It, It wasn't that lengthy. I went home and I just kept getting images of this woman. She came in my apartment. She would not let it go. She's like, you have to come back. You have to come back and talk to my family. She's like, there's there's things you need to know. Would not let it rest. I dreamt it and it was like she followed me home. It was like I could not get rid of her. I I smelt gardenia in my apartment. I'm like, why am I smelling gardenia? Turns out that was her favorite fragrance and she had gardenias in the garden. So I decided to go back to the family on my own time because I just knew something was unfinished. And I went back, did a reading I mean, and it just everything that came through factually, the family, it was very cathartic for them. But she told me, you know, one of the killers was not. And and this was a fact. The police said they didn't apprehend everybody. So she said, go look in the car, go look in the car. 
And I just asked the daughter, I said, can I do you mind if I go look in the car? I, she's telling me they missed something. So I went in the car, was looking around, I pulled up the carpet and I found a bunch of drug paraphernalia. So reported, you know, reported this to the police. The police came anyways. Apparently it led to them apprehending another suspect. So that one reading really sticks out to me, you know, and that was about 13 years ago. But then there's your everyday readings where, you know, people they just come through with confirmation and it just gives people closure. And, you know, it's like talking to somebody on the phone. They get to speak to their loved one for one last time. And you had mentioned to you were talking about time and choices and people are on lower vibrations, maybe not making the best choices. How do we know we're there and how do we get ourselves to the highest vibration? Well, if you just feel, I mean, obviously there's depression, there's things that go on in our lives that are out of our control, like things happen stresses when we're experiencing a lot of stress our body can break down we tend to be or when we're ill we tend to be on a lower vibration you can feel your energy level like you know if you're always tired maybe you feel sad a lot or you find that things i find people that are on lower like things aren't happening you might just feel stagnant, like nothing's going on. I don't feel like I'm moving, I'm progressing. Or you may have a lot of people around you that are seemingly somewhat negative. They're diminishing your vibration as well. Maybe you're not making the right choices. So you can definitely realize it, but if you're not aware of it, you can just continually live in a lower vibration. So, you know, my hopes in doing what I do is to make people aware. And then how do you change it? A lot of different ways. Diet, very important. Our diet has directly related to our energy levels. So what you put in your body, meditation, yoga, exercise, you know, I always say these are the best way to kind of get the motor running again, raise the vibration. And I always suggest like taking an action you wouldn't normally take. Like sometimes just getting out of bed, say you hate hiking, just get out of bed and go hiking or take you're you're not a cook go take a cooking class because this kind of expands your reality brings new people around you there's so many different ways to do it but those are kind of the key points that i like to bring out i i know some people have done this or i've tried this sometimes i feel like i've been in a bad place where it's like do something completely new every day. One thing, it can be mm-hmm. huge, like depending on your situation, travel, spend a week in a place you've never been or try a cafe you've never been. You, know, you could walk in and meet the love of your life when you least expect it or your new best friend. Yeah. You also mentioned other lives. Do people's past lives ever come in during readings with you? Definitely. Definitely. I get a sense of where somebody's been a lot of times, like what gender they were in a past life, who was kind of connected to them that's connected to them currently. So, yeah, I have done a little bit with past lives. I don't know. You know this, but if there was someone who you want to make sure you have your future lives with, what can you do about that? Like if someone's passed away and you're like, well, hopefully we can be back together in whatever family form or friendship form next life. Is there anything we can do about that? Again, I kind of go back to, I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I think it depends on how, you lived your life with this person, your spiritual evolution. 
you know, have you accomplished what you needed to accomplish with this person? And that determines. So, yeah, while while we're living here, I think we can just work our hardest to be on the highest path with whatever's around us to be the most spiritually evolved, you know, but I don't know whose choice it is, you know, that souls come back together and how many lifetimes that takes or, you know, again, questions that make you go, uh, I know. I have so many of those. No one can answer my questions anymore. I'm like, what happens after our last life? Like, when did we have our first life? Do we, you know, after the big, big crunch, I assume there's another big bang. Are we like starting from scratch? Are we going back? I don't know. There's so, I mean, how can we know any of that? That's the stuff we can't know, I assume. Yeah. I mean, I think there's so many evolutions of life and higher realms. I mean, we are such a, don't get me going on, going on aliens and stuff like that, but we're such a small earth is very small. How can we not think there are so many more dimensions out there? Who knows worlds, places, and where we might just be at the bottom of the spectrum. Who knows? Well, I mean, when you bring up aliens, I would find it almost impossible to imagine that in the whole solar system, you know, we have the solar system, then the galaxy, the whole universe. There is no way there aren't, as you know, I know astronomers say, the Goldilocks planets that are set up for material life. There's no way there aren't others. I mean, I think it's incredibly small minded to think Earth is the only planet with intelligent life. Who knows? Maybe the planets nearby us years and years and years ago had intelligent life. I mean, maybe they destroyed it the way we're destroying this planet. I know that they're doing a lot of research to find life on other planets. I don't know for anyone listening. I know a place that I think does interesting work looking into that. It's called SETI, S-E-T-I. I I forget what it stands for, but I'll put it in the show notes. And they're researching this. And I wouldn't be surprised too, if given what all the evidence seems to say, consciousness survives bodily death and downloads into other physical forms if we haven't lived in other planets. And I'm really interested. I think the multiverse theory seems, I mean, how do I know? But I think there's something to that. Absolutely. I agree. In other dimensions, I know string theory is looking into that. I'm obsessed with string theory, so I could talk about that all day too, though I don't know anywhere near what I'm talking about compared to an actual string theory physicist. Nevertheless, I'm obsessed with reading about it. Have you ever had any like weird things while doing readings when you've connected with the other side that made you think you were connecting with consciousness that have experienced living on other planets? Yes, I've had visions of other life forms come to me uh, sometimes in readings. Uh, And I just, you know, doing some research on my own, reading up on abductions, things of that nature. They just they didn't look human like to me. And that's where I I received a lot of this information that, yes, they do exist. They're not here to harm us. They're here to help us. So I think one of my spirits, spirit guides is actually, you know, quote unquote, otherworldly. So you think they're here to help us like they're other dimensions. So they're not just like a bunch of material idiots on another like us, like on another planet in another solar system, like they're higher dimensionals. They're so much more highly evolved than we are intellectually, spiritually, you know, and they see what we're kind of doing to the planet and how we're destroying it. And I just, I don't know if they were once as we were, and then it's possible that we evolved to that level or I, that I don't know, but they're just very highly evolved, incredibly intelligent They don't speak like we speak and they're built very differently. Maybe we could evolve that. I mean, we've evolved significantly beyond monkeys and monkeys evolved beyond, I don't know, whatever 
cells originally started. An evolutionary biologist would be able to explain this better than me, but I, I don't want to knock monkeys. I love them, but we're <laughs> a lot smarter than them. And humans very likely could be evolving into another species at some point if our planet survives and maybe other planets evolve further. And were they human-like in this light way? Were a little bit ape-like or were they completely different? No, they were more human-like. I've always wondered when they do these videos on people that have been abducted and they have no correlation or connection to each other. They always draw very similar images. Why is that? It's like, (laughs) that's sort of how they looked to me, exactly like you've read or you've seen photos of. So yeah, and I think there's different different types as well, just like, you know, there's different types or physical types of humans. Do you ever get information on people's animals who've passed away? I do. I do. I have a couple friends that, you know, strictly do animal communication. But yeah, just like just like people, animals pop through, too. So, yeah, I've done or I've had a lot of requests for that. Aw, yeah, I know people sometimes worry if their animals will will be there on the other side when they pass, if animals survive bodily death and as well. I mean, I would think they would if consciousness is a cloud downloaded by material bodies. Why would a dog not operate that way? We either operate that way or we don't. Well, I think animals are actually somewhat more highly evolved than we are. It's all unconditional love. Their senses are so acute. So in many ways, they're on the evolution. They're very evolved. What advice do you have for people who want to connect on their own with their loved ones? People who aren't mediums who would like to feel connected to those they love who've passed. I believe everybody has the capability to tune in and to connect. It's it's definitely a skill, but it's like anything else. Sometimes you're just born a really good piano player or or you can study it. So for people that aren't doing this professionally or just the average person, I would suggest, you know, opening a channel first. So meditating clearly helps especially that time right when you go to sleep in the evening, when you're in between states or when you wake up in the morning and you're just, you know, you're in that kind of groggy kind of in between state. That's a good time to meditate. Sound vibrations, asking the universe to show you signs to bring your loved one through And just really opening your mind. So meditation is definitely, definitely, I would say the key. And and spirits will come through in many different ways. So if your loved one was somebody that loved music, you know, listen and pay attention more to music around you. Oftentimes they'll come through and you'll notice like the same song that that person loved keeps playing, keeps coming up everywhere you go. If uh, your loved one was into nature, oftentimes you'll notice animals or nature around you shifting. So you can try to tune into what their likes were and sort of focus there and and mainly through meditation and just really paying attention to how you receive things. Are you getting images? Are you sort of feeling them? Sometimes you'll smell a loved one, like a certain fragrance they wore. So, yeah, I mean, everybody can definitely do this for sure. Lastly, what would you say is the strongest evidence of an afterlife and that we survived death that you've seen? Not hope, but actual tangible evidence. Oh, wow. That's... I ask the easy questions. I would say you look at child prodigies. There are kids that are two, three years old, raised in poverty, speak nine languages fluently without ever hearing that language or can 
play music like the greatest, never having a music lesson. I think that's direct evidence to past lives and and being connected. For me, that's the strongest, the strongest evidence. And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. So a lot of people have asked this question. Why do accurate mediums still get some information that's wrong? Okay, so the short answer is, I don't know. The scientists like Dr. Julie Beichel and Dr. Ed Kelly don't know. But there's some thoughts on this. I also talk about it more with mediums in some future episodes. But here's some ideas. First of all, some might just be completely wrong. Mediums are people. No person is 100% right in their career. Even the best of the best get things wrong. Also, maybe the discarnate, your deceased loved one, is thinking or remembering something you don't. How often does this happen with two living people where someone remembers something or perceives a past event a certain way and the other is like, what are you talking about? I don't remember that at all or that's not how it happened. So maybe that's it. Also, sometimes the medium does turn out to be right and you, the sitter, didn't know something. I love when that happens because it's just so evidential. It also helps add evidence that the medium is really communicating with someone who passed away and isn't reading your mind. I've had a few really cool experiences like that. I mention a few in my book, such as when my friend and psychic medium Renee Buck knew something about my uncle that I was convinced was wrong. She kept insisting she was getting this and she was really confused and it turned out she was right which i was so happy about that was just really interesting and so another idea and i've seen this happen with mediums is that the medium is interpreting based on their own life and worldview and experiences so i'll give a specific example that really happened to me and i'm gonna just kind of suck it up and give away some evidence here. So I had a medium early on ask if my dad was a firefighter. No, he wasn't. So they asked who in the family was because he kept showing a fire, which they usually associated as someone being a firefighter. And there wasn't anyone in my family or anyone I was close with I could think of as a firefighter. So then they asked if he was hurt in the fire. And he wasn't. And I just could have marked fire as wrong. But then I realized he must mean Fire Island. That was a key place to my family and where we spent our summers when I was growing up. It means so much to my dad, too, for so many reasons. So that's what I said. I was like, could he mean Fire Island? And the medium said, oh, my God, yes, that's it. That just feels right now. So that's kind of a balance of what you accept and move forward with and when you feel you're pushing it and making things fit. And there really isn't a perfect scientific formula of how you do this. I'll I'll go more into that as another question in a future episode of what you accept versus what you reject when the evidence isn't 100% clear. But I hope this gives some insight into the possibility that information isn't necessarily wrong when you think it could be. Although it very well just could be. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjusthappened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know. And feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Hi, everyone. I'm so excited to share that my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciencey Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife is available now for sale. If you go to wtfjusthappened.net 
you can see the link to buy it. I'll also have the link in the podcast show notes. I know many of you want to know how exactly did I come to change my mind about the afterlife? Well, this book is all about the first stages of my exploration into this afterlife evidence to where I'm at today. It starts with the awful part of when I lost my dad, how as a science-minded atheist, I first began to explore if there was any possibility of an afterlife and what and who I found most compelling. I also share some stuff that was not so compelling, such as a very clearly fake psychic medium reading and a pretty ridiculous seance, but that's balanced by some amazing peer-reviewed studies on mediums, medium readings, parapsychologists, and just a whole bunch of what the fucks, including some really inexplicable personal things that happened to me, and some really incredible signs I got from my dad. Despite the topic, it's actually funny, mainly because I'm just like such an awkward person. And you also get to learn about all the amazing people and incredible characters I met along the way, as well as more about the research that helped change my mind. And some of the people you learn about have become some of my really good friends and mentors today. So go to wtfjusthappened.net and order it. If you've already read it, please rate and review on Amazon. I cannot tell you how helpful that is. And share with any friends who might be interested. Thank you all. I'm so excited to finally share the full details of this crazy exploration with all of you. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. Are you an advocate, a change maker, a healer, or an expander? Does your business have an important story to tell? A story agency can help you craft and share your business's story with the right audience. A story is a public relations and communications firm that develops thoughtful strategies, content, and powerful partnerships for those who are making a positive social impact, sparking reform, and promoting well-being. Founded by Allison Mahoney, an American lawyer who has spent the past decade advocating on behalf of survivors of social injustices, crimes, and civil rights violations, a story agency is not your average PR firm. Reach out to a story agency today at hello at a story, E-S-T-O-R-I-E agency.com or visit www.astoryagency.com and mention WTF Just Happened in the subject line to receive a free 30-minute consultation. Thank you so much. So I'm going to ask, where can our listeners find you and follow you or book a reading or follow your social? Yeah, um, the best way is my website. It's just lynnmillerpsychic.com. And all my information's on there. And my it's also lynnmillerpsychic on Instagram and as well as Facebook. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Liz. It's been great. get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened, A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, 
and evidence of an afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened. Thank you.